Hello, this is Minor Khan, and welcome to the third week of the Autism, a Comprehensive Analysis series. Uh, in this series, my sister and I, uh, my sister who is Samia Khan, a neuroscience student at Emory University, uh, we will be breaking down specific concepts about autism, autism spectrum disorder, and uh, Asperger's as well in a 10-week comprehensive analysis in the uh, goals of creating a research poster to help uh, educate our peers about autism. This research is done under the guidance of UT bio professor Enamul Hawk. Uh, in this series, we'll be t- this segment of the series, we will be talking about detection of autism and how that has changed over time and the disparities of detection among different groups. Uh, for this one, my sister will start, so I'll give the floor to her right now. Monitoring, screening, evaluating, and diagnosing children with ASD as early as possible is important to make sure children receive the services and support they need to reach their full potential. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends screening all children for symptoms of ASD through a combination of developmental surveillance at all visits and standardized autism-specific screening tests at 18 and 24 months of age in their primary care visits because children with ASD can be identified as toddlers and early intervention can and does influence outcomes. By by using this con- By using this combination, healthcare professionals can diagnose ASD in children and adults, which is an often difficult task given that there is no medical test, such as a blood or DNA test, that can exactly diagnose the disorder. While genetic markers may indicate the predisposition of an individual having ASD, this combination better identifies the behavior exhibited by autistic children and can better diagnose these children. Developmental monitoring involves a checklist used by parents or caregivers to identify whether their child has completed a developmental milestone. The CDC outlines milestones necessary for a healthy child to reach between two months and five years. Developmental monitoring is the first step of screening for ASD and is the broadest. After developmental monitoring is done, developmental screening occurs. Developmental screening is a closer look into development and involves a brief test for the child or questionnaire for the guardian. The tools used for developmental and behavioral screening are formal questionnaires or checklists based on research that ask questions about a child's development, including language, movement, thinking, behavior, and emotions. Developmental screening is done by a healthcare professional or in other settings, such as within the community or at school. Furthermore, it is more formal than developmental monitoring and is done less often. The American Association of Pediatrics recommends screening specifically for signs of ASD during doctor's visits during the 18 to 24 month marks, and even more often if the child has a family member with ASD or if the child is at risk in other ways, such as having a preterm birth or low birth weight. Finally, a comprehensive developmental evaluation is done to indicate if a child is on the right developmental track or if a specialist should take a closer look. This formal evaluation is a more in-depth look at a child's development, and it is usually done by a trained specialist, such as a developmental pediatrician, child psychologist, speech-language pathologist, occupational therapist, or other specialist. In 2004, prevalence of ASD was estimated at 1 to 2 per 1,000 for autism and 6 to 7 per 1,000 for the entire spectrum of autistic disorders, indicating a staggering increase from the decades beforehand. Now, the entire spectrum of autism disorders is all covered solely by ASD, showing that the actual number of children with ASD at the time was between 7 to 8 per 1,000. 
While the issue of whether there is a real increase in ASD remains controversial, the incremental rise over time is generally attributed to the gradual broadening of how ASD is defined by researchers and healthcare professionals, along with the increased awareness and detection of its diverse manifestations, particularly in more cognitively or linguistically capable child. Currently, there are multiple clinical techniques available for early autism screening. The most popular clinical methods include Autism Diagnostic Interview Revised, ADIR, Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule, ADOS, Childhood Autism Rating Scale, CARS, Joseph Picture Self-Concept Scale, and the Social Responsiveness Scale. These methods are used for an official ASD diagnosis and to plan for ongoing treatment. These techniques have been proven to be also effective in differentiating ASD from other developmental disorders in children to ensure a correct diagnosis. Autism Diagnostic Interview Revised, ADIR, is an interview for caregivers of children and adults that can possibly be diagnosed with ASD. It is useful for diagnosing autism, planning treatment, and distinguishing ASD from other disorders and is given for individuals above the age of two. The Joseph Picture Self-Concept Scale is a unique screening technique. It allows clinicians to measure self-concept in children three and older. This test quickly identifies children whose negative self-appraisals put them at risk for academic and behavioral difficulties, and is ideal for busy mental health practitioners because it blends the precision of a sophisticated diagnostic instrument with the convenience and versatility of a screening tool. The unique array of screening tools involved in ASD diagnosis allows clinicians to use the tools best fit for the individual and situation in order to diagnose correctly and ensure caretakers are knowledgeable about the diagnosis as well. Keeping caretakers involved within this process allows for a deeper understanding of ASD and its implications for children and adults. So I will now be reading off uh, my findings in our seven-page paper that we made for this week. So... In recent years, the reported prevalence of autism in the American population has increased. Uh, and at this point, I, incre- uh, I implemented a graph in my paper in which you can see the rate of autism, um, a prevalence of ASD among children uh, versus a year. And this is by percentage of the American children population. You can see in this graph that it goes from in 2000, it's 0.67%. And it's a steady increase all the way up to 1.9% in 2017. So... Many theories and factors have been proposed regarding this visible increase, and with reasons ranging from vaccines to environmental factors to societal trends. I think vaccines is probably the most prevalent uh, argument that's non-science-based non for the increase of autism in the recent years. However, it has been proven through research that this increasing trend is in large part due to innovations and advancements, such as closing the testing gap among certain sectors of the population, or new techniques like the M-chat, which I'll be talking about later, that contributes to the efficacy, I don't know how to say that word, sorry, of ASD screening. Um, obviously, ASD is a common disorder in America. Uh, the symptoms have become so prominent in society that an individual as young as 18 months can be diagnosed with ASD if exhibiting symptoms. Currently, the symptoms that the CDC looks for in the early stages of someone's life is as follows. Little to no eye contact. No interest in interacting with other children or other caretakers, uh, limited usage of language, and becoming upset by minor routine changes. Uh, it's important, though, to note that the current effectiveness of autism screening still leaves much to be desired. However, there is still promise in screening innovations and techniques. For example, 
in Japan, the usage of the modified checklist for autism and toddlers, which is called the MCHAT, was analyzed in a paper. Uh, the MCHAT is another example of how autism screenings are becoming increasingly universal to access. This method can be utilized through a 20-question online quiz, uh, allowing nearly anyone with internet access to screen for potential autism at any time. Uh, after a thorough investigation, it was found that the MCHAT method was able to successfully detect autism in toddlers without delay, and it can serve as a promising tool in the future for autism screening. And this is a really great example of how, why autism rates are increasing. Because it's not like there, there's just more autistic children being born in America or the world than there was before and 30 years ago. It's the fact that screening has become a lot more universal before. In the past, screening, and we'll be talking about this a lot next week, in the past, screening was something that only the rich could afford or uh, screen or just even knowledge about what symptoms entail for autism was something only the rich knew because poor people just weren't that educated regarding autism or how to get a screening for their child who may have autism. But now you can screen for further evaluation in methods just like the internet. And that allows literally anybody who has a computer to see if their child has autism. So increasing the quality of screenings for ASD has proven to be something that is extremely important for society as a whole. Late identification of autism in a child leads to expensive special education programs for solvable issues, or at least issues that could, could have been treated effectively if found beforehand. Because of this, early diagnosis of ASD affl afflicted kids, uh, according to this paper I read, saves a range of thirty dollars to $100,000 per child. Okay. And stated in our first uh, video, our first podcast at least, which was Introduction to Autism, there is a large disparity in effective autism screening between the developed and developing word, world. And then here I implemented a figure, and it's autism in children rates percentage uh, around the world. So in this one, you could see that the autism rate in USA was 1.7, Hong Kong was in the high threes, Japan was around USA and around the 1.5s-ish, uh, Ireland was around 1.4, China was at one, Poland was in the low, low, like around 0.03 or something like that. Saudi Arabia is very similar to 0.03, 0.1, that area. And Egypt was in 0.5. So this, you can see how there's a start, start causation between countries with restricting social factors and in, inadequate healthcare and countries with the more accepting culture towards ASD and a more capable health care system. So you can see in countries such as China, Poland, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, there's a combination of certain factors, which that's why the autism rates in those countries specifically are less than countries with more relaxed social factors or better healthcare systems like Hong Kong, USA, Japan, Ireland. Although there are small, small reported percentages of autism in countries like China, Poland, and Saudi Arabia, uh, this difference is not due to the natural lack of autism in the area, like I was saying before. Uh, autism is chronically underrepresented in countries like these. Uh, rigid conservative culture, lack of med medical efficiency, in, the, in these certain countries. For example, in countries like Egypt, epidemiological reports regarding the disorders are not available due to a lack of capital in healthcare, which leads, a lot, leads to the involuntary ignorance of what constitutes as autism in this country and the issue it poses for so many individuals. Additionally, in countries like Poland or Saudi Arabia, uh, conservative cultural factors and accepted practices either cause autistic children to be overlooked or cause symptoms of autism to be seen as normal behavior in society. Uh, as referenced in the first video, or first podcast, an uh, example of the latter is in India, where a lack of eye contact, which tends to be a symptom of autism, in America at least, is seen as a norm in society in India. That causes many autistic Indian children to go undiagnosed, as facet of this facet of their behavior is seen as normal, and not something that 
is some prominent in only autistic children. So that's all Simon and I had for detection of autism. If you have any questions, please let us know. Our email's in the description. Uh, thank you, and next week we'll be talking about autism around the world.